welcome back to the Residents and Fellows audio podcast. This is Shobhana Rajan, staff anesthesiologist at the Cleveland Clinic. Everywhere we look, the latest updates are an ultrasonography in anesthesiology. The current focus is on focus. So let's delve into some neurosonology today. We have Dr. Deepak Sharma with us, a renowned expert in transcranial Doppler ultrasonography, to share with us his experience and answer our questions on TCD. Dr. Sharma is currently the Virginia and Prentice Blodel Professor and Chief of Neuroanesthesiology and Perioperative Neurosciences at the University of Washington, Seattle. He is well known for his expertise in stroke and cerebrovascular disease and is among very few anesthesiologists recognized for their expertise in TCD. He is currently the Education Director of the Cerebrovascular Laboratory at Harborview Medical Center, Seattle, Washington, and has extensive experience of using TCD as a clinical, research, and educational tool. He has conducted several TCD workshops and courses nationally and internationally. He has written multiple research manuscripts and book chapters for textbooks of anesthesia, intensive care, radiology, and neurosurgery about applications of TCD. Overall, he has had a significant impact on perioperative neurosciences, advancing the knowledge and application of TCD being one of them. We are really excited to have you here, Dr. Sharma, and on behalf of the Trainee Engagement Committee of the SNAC, we extend a very warm welcome to you. Thank you very much, Dr. Rajan. To start from the basics, can you tell us what exactly is a transcranial Doppler? What does it measure? So, um, monitoring the cerebral blood flow is uh, critical, not only in patients with neurological diseases, but also in those patients who have the risk of neurological damage in the perioperative period. And despite the fact that virtually all our interventions in neuroanesthesia and neurointensive care are directed towards maintaining uh, the adequacy of cerebral perfusion, uh, the perioperative monitoring of uh, cerebral perfusion is very limited, and that's largely because of technical and logistic issues. So what transcranial Doppler ultrasonography is able to do is it provides us continuous and real-time information about the cerebral circulation, and it does it by using a range-gated pulse Doppler ultrasound beam, which is used to insinate the basal cerebral arteries through the skull. And then we estimate the cerebral blood flow velocity. Now, TCD obviously detects cerebral blood flow velocity and not cerebral blood flow per se, but it is able to provide uh, clinically useful information about uh, significant changes in cerebral blood flow in the appropriate clinical context. Well, that's very interesting. How exactly does TCD measure cerebral blood flow velocity? So, um, as I mentioned, uh, TCD basically uses a range-gated pulse Doppler ultrasound beam of uh, 2 megahertz frequency. And as with any other extracranial Doppler sonography, TCD measurement of uh, cerebral blood flow velocity is based on uh, the detection of frequency shifts from the insulated red blood cells that are moving through a small pre-selected arterial region uh, that we call the sample volume. The, the TCD probe or the transducer is basically a piezoelectric crystal, and it acts both as an emitter as well as a receiver of the ultrasound signals 
that are uh, reflected by the moving erythrocytes in, in the arteries that we are insulating. Now, this probe, uh, while acting as a receiver, will basically translate the reflected frequencies back into the electrical signals, and then the computer performs fast Fourier transformation of the signal, uh, and then the final information is then displayed on the screen uh, as a moving, uh, moving graph. So, so that's how it works, and the Doppler signal obtained is, is then basically assigned uh, to a specific cerebral artery based on uh, several indirect uh, parameters, typically the depth of insulation, the position of the transducer, the acoustic window being used, uh, and the direction of the blood flow. Um, mm. So a lot of physics involved. So can you briefly mention its applications? Sure. So the, the practical applications include uh, detection of intracranial vascular stenosis or spasm causing ischemia. Um, it can also be used to detect hyperemia and uh, for the evaluation of collateral flow. It's often used for assessment of cerebral autoregulation, for cerebrovascular reactivity to carbon dioxide. Uh, TCD is basically a great tool for detection of uh, cerebral emboli, which is of uh, particular interest uh, to us in anesthesiology and critical care. And, you know, all of this translates into application for various clinical conditions, such as cerebral vasospasm, stroke, traumatic brain injury, uh, cardiac and carotid surgery, uh, diagnosing right-to-left cardiac shunts, uh, diagnosing cerebral circulatory arrest. Um, and, it's, and it's useful in these settings largely because of the major advantage that TCD is non-invasive, it's non-radioactive, uh, it's very portable and relatively inexpensive. This is something that can be done on the patient's bedside and, and can provide information in a very instantaneous manner um, and, and tell us about uh, the cerebrovascular effects of any physiological, pharmacological, or surgical interventions. So it does seem to have a broad range of applications. Uh, now, I have seen a TCD being used in our neurointensive care unit for detection of vasospasm following subarachnoid hemorrhage, but I've also heard that it may not be so reliable if a patient is receiving triple H therapy. Is this true? So that, that's a very important question. Um, now, as we know, cerebral vasospasm and uh, delayed uh, cerebral ischemia uh, or delayed ischemic neurological deficits, as we refer to them now, are, are the major causes of morbidity and mortality in patients with a neurosmal subarachnoid hemorrhage. And what we need for these patients is basically a diagnostic modality that provides immediate bedside clinical information. And while angiography is often considered to be the gold standard for, for diagnosing vasospasm, uh, it's, it's not always practical. Uh, transporting a critical care patients, uh, you know, from, from the ICU to angiosuites is not always uh, logistically feasible. So TCD offers the advantage of, uh, again, being a fairly robust tool that we can use on the patient's bedside. And in fact, the surveillance for uh, cerebral vasospasm is probably the most common application of uh, TCD. And um, 
to answer your question, the underlying principle is simple. It basically involves TCD estimations of cerebral blood flow velocity uh, utilizing uh, variations of the Bernoulli equation. So what that means is the velocity of blood flow in a conduit is inversely related to the diameter of that conduit. Now, as the diameter of the blood vessel decreases in vasospasm, the blood flow velocity will increase, and these increased flow velocities in, in, in patients with subarachnoid hemorrhage indicate cerebral vasospasm. But, but one has to be really cautious because an increased cerebral blood flow velocity can, in fact, represent both hyperemia as well as vasospasm. And therefore, it's highly recommended uh, and actually required that we use the Lindegard ratio to, to diagnose vasospasm of the middle cerebral artery, for example. And what that ratio is, is basically a, a ratio of the flow velocities in the middle cerebral artery and the ipsilateral internal carotid artery, and a higher ratio uh, indicating uh, vasospasm and a normal ratio indicating hyperemia in the setting of high flow velocity. Now, to answer your second question about uh, triple H therapy or the hypertensive therapy as some would refer to it nowadays, I would say that um, very importantly, the interpretation of TCD findings has to be uh, done very cautiously in this setting. And you're correct that um, this may be particularly tricky in patients who are on hypertensive therapy for vasospasm. And that's because in such cases, the induced hypertension, in fact, uh, if in fact is able to improve blood flow through the vessel and spasm, uh, TCD will likely demonstrate a further increase in flow velocity um, because we have more blood flowing through the narrowed artery. And this may not always be intuitive and may be, may be perceived as worsening of cerebral vasospasm. And, and therefore, the findings have to be uh, clinically correlated. So it is like being falsely positive. So my CA1 resident would now like to ask you a question. Hey, Dr. Sharma. I'm Philip Ramirez. I'm an anesthesia resident at the Cleveland Clinic currently. Uh, CA1, as Dr. Rajan said. My question for you is, how are you guys currently? I know there's there's multiple roles, potential roles for TCD in a perioperative period, but how are you guys currently utilizing TCD? Hi, Philip, um, and thank you very much for your question. Uh, I'm excited to have you join us here for this conversation as a CA1 resident. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, so, so your question about intraoperative application, I would say the major intraoperative application of uh, TCD is during carotid endotrachmy surgery, uh, where it is, we, it is very useful in, in making decisions to prevent uh, ischemic and even hyperemic complications in the perioperative period. TCD is also very useful for detecting emboli uh, in the setting, and likewise in the cardiac surgery setting. Uh, now, despite all the advantage in terms of monitoring the brain, uh, actual utility of TCD in neurosurgical patients is still somewhat limited due to limited access to the head during craniotomy. But other than that, uh, very importantly, in fact, uh, it's a great tool to study the effect of uh, anesthetic agents and physiological interventions, such as changes in blood pressure, carbon dioxide levels, things like that. For example, we actually did a study some years ago looking at uh, the effect of surgical blood loss uh, or, or changing hematocrit 
on, on cerebral autoregulation. Likewise, TCD can be very informative when you're doing anesthesia for patients with neurological diseases uh, who are undergoing non-neurosurgical procedures. Uh, although any definitive evidence for, for this type of application is lacking. But for example, if you have a patient with TBI or stroke uh, presenting for an incidental orthopedic or general surgery, TCD can be very helpful in this setting. I also find it useful during sitting craniotomies where it can provide information about adequacy of cerebral blood flow as well as emboli. So overall, I think, I think it has a, a fairly useful role in the intraoperative setting as well. A major advantage of uh, TCD is, uh, is basically its suitability for continuous monitoring of these uh, uh, microembolic signals. And uh, this application is important because it uh, provides important information in a variety of disorders and may have critical therapeutic implications, in fact. So essentially, the echogenic substances with acoustic uh, impedances that are larger than that of uh, the erythrocytes or the red blood cells that we are incinerating are considered microemboli. And, and their appearance on TCD uh, monitored or the TCD display is, is, um, is called HITS or high intensity transient signals. So they have some characteristic features uh, um, based on which we identify these emboli, but they typically involve uh, them being transient in nature, uh, being a high-intensity signal with an amplitude of more than three decibels above the, big, uh, the background signal, and they make a typical, typical sound, which uh, one can learn over a period of time. But that said, uh, we have to admit uh, that, at least at this point, the ability of TCD to clearly differentiate between air and particulate emboli is, is somewhat limited. So it looks like it can be used for uh, perioperative stroke detection, isn't it? My neuroanesthesia fellow would now like to ask you a question. Hello, Dr. Sharma. This is Dipali Gurg. I'm a neuroanesthesia fellow at the Cleveland Clinic. So I would like to ask you, we do a lot of carotid endotrectomies at our setup, and you just mentioned its role in these cases. Uh, can you shed some more light on this issue? Uh, yeah, um, thank you for asking that, Dipali. Um, so, as I mentioned, TCD is actually, uh, in my opinion, a very useful tool for perioperative management of uh, carotid endotrichmes. Now, uh, the the major perioperative neurological complications uh, resulting from uh, from carotid endotrichmes are related to a few uh, easily identifiable factors, which include intraoperative ischemia. Uh, that is typically due to clamping of the carotid for uh, the surgery uh, or because of intraoperative and postoperative embolism from the plaque. Uh, sometimes it could be because of uh, postoperative carotid thrombosis. And then uh, sometimes we might have postoperative cerebral hyperperfusion. And TCD, interestingly, is able to detect all these uh, potential complications, unlike uh, unlike the other neuromonitoring options that are available in this setting. Um, to be more elaborate, basically the clamping of the carotid during the surgery uh, obviously can cause cerebral ischemia, and the primary goal of any type of neuromonitoring in this setting is to guide the need for, uh, for insertion of a shunt 
um, so that the blood can be bypassed from the common carotid to, to, to the cerebral perfusion. Now, while maintaining, uh, while, while shunting uh, can prevent cerebral perfusion due to cross-clamping, and one could argue that it should be done routinely, uh, it, the shunts have their own problems, and therefore selective shunting is often indicated. And obviously, when your patient is uh, not awake and you're doing these surgeries under general anesthesia, you need some kind of intraoperative monitoring to, to detect cerebral ischemia. And, and a number of studies have shown that uh, TCD um, is, is very effective in this uh, setting. Now, obviously, as you know, uh, we have many other options uh, for neuromonitoring during carotid surgery, and uh, one could be using EEG, evoke potentials, or cerebral oximetry. And, and while no single monitoring technique uh, has been demonstrated to be superior in terms of avoiding neurological complications. Um, as I said, TCD is able to detect ischemic, hyperemic, as well as embolic complications um, and, and has uh, its own advantages. But while I say that, I also have to admit that uh, despite its utility, uh, TCD is actually not very commonly used for this purpose, and that's largely because it requires additional expertise and is somewhat labor-intensive compared to the alternative modalities. And, uh, and, and also, according to some reports, uh, the failure of insulination of cerebral arteries in this uh, population uh, is, is somewhat higher than, than the regular population. So overall, I think uh, TCD is a very useful tool uh, for neuromonitoring during carotid endarchrichmy, but obviously it has its own limitations. Sure. Um, I have one more question for you. Uh, is TCD being routinely used to diagnose brain death? That's that's an interesting question, and uh, I, I would say TCD is uh, is a recommended uh, as a recommended tool to diagnose or confirm uh, brain death. Um, but the diagnosis of brain death is primarily clinical. Um, now, there are certain clinical circumstances where testing of the brainstem function uh, cannot be performed reliably. Uh, for example, if we have patients who have uh, uh, severe facial trauma or they have pre-existing abnormalities of uh, pupillary function or they have uh, sedative drugs on board. Um, so under these circumstances, confirmatory tests are, requ uh, are required. And, and these may include cerebral angiography, isotope scans, um, and, and TCD is actually recommended as uh, one of the confirmatory tests by the American Academy of uh, Neurology. Um, again, uh, cerebral angiography is a sensitive technique and can confirm the diagnosis, but it involves exposure to radiation, transporting the patient to the interventional radiology suit, and TCD is something that could be performed on the patient's bedside. Um, and, and in fact, as I mentioned, has been validated uh, against other uh, diagnostic tests uh, and, and, and is recommended. So in fact, um, at our center, TCD is used as the first line uh, ancillary tool to confirm the diagnosis of brain death uh, when a clinical exam is not possible. Dr. Sharma, what is pulse fatality index? 
Is TCD as reliable as other non-invasive monitors such as optic nerve sheets diameter to detect raised ICP? So uh, the pulsatility index is uh, is uh, is calculated based on um, based on different flow velocity uh, values that we acquire while performing TCD. Um, in mathematical terms, it's the it's the difference of systolic and diastolic flow velocity divided by the mean flow velocity. But conceptually, uh, the pulsatility index or PI, um, it's a measure of resistance to to blood flow that is encountered as the blood is flowing in the cerebral arteries. And a higher value of pulsatility index typically uh, indicates uh, uh, more resistance to flow, and a lower value would indicate a lower resistance uh, in the distal vascular bed. It has been uh, used for measuring uh, ICP as an indicator of increasing uh, cerebrovascular resistance but has not been uh, very successful. To your second question about using TCD for for detecting raised ICP, actually that's an area that has been uh, of interest to several groups for, for a large uh, number of uh, years now, I would say. Um, and while a number of studies have been done to estimate the absolute intracranial pressure value using various TCD parameters, uh, unfortunately, none of the uh, studies has been successful. So at this point, um, I cannot say that uh, TCD is a reliable tool to detect raised ICP, although uh, serial transcranial Doppler examinations may point towards a trend of uh, increasing ICP. Sure. Um, Philip has one more question to ask you regarding TCD training. Sure. Yes. Uh, I was just... This is a large subject, and it takes a lot of time, especially in the intraoperative period for an anesthesia resident who's running his own cases or her cases. How would you design a curriculum to incorporate incorporate TCD training for residents? Now, that's a very interesting question, uh, and I'm glad you asked that uh, because it seems like there would be uh, there would be an interest in in residents in learning transcranial Doppler. So, I, I would say. Any such curriculum, which obviously currently uh, does not exist, uh, would require some basic exposure to both cognitive as well as the motor skills required to perform uh, the TCD examination. Um, it obviously has to incorporate uh, understanding of uh, the ultrasound physiology, which is uh, uh, the ultrasound physics, sorry, which is very critical. Um, at the same time, it would have to involve uh, understanding of the of the cerebral anatomy uh, and its variations very well and 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 then any such curriculum would have to account for the effects of anesthetic agents and i would uh, i would think uh, we would have modules that would address the most common clinical uses at least uh, which would include uh, carotid endarterectomies cerebral vasospasm etc now Training in TCD obviously is challenging for several reasons. Uh, you know, we have uh, a limited number of uh, experts, and then, and then, and an even more limited number of opportunities to provide this kind of training. And and there are very few places uh, that actually have this capacity, which makes it even more harder. So our group actually has been working on on creating a, a TCD simulator where we can incorporate uh, the motor skills, which are probably the hardest to teach, 
uh, we've had some initial success with that, and uh, and I'm hopeful that in the coming years we'll be able to 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 use that simulator to to create a curriculum uh, to teach TCD for for the busy anesthesia residents. Thank that sounds you. awesome. I'd be excited to uh, take part in that training. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So we have one last question for you. Uh, do you have any interesting experience using TCD outside of the regular clinical and research uh, applications? Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we, we use uh, all these monitoring uh, technologies and devices, obviously, in a variety of clinical, educational, and research settings. Um, but as a part of my responsibility uh, running the uh, educational domain of the cerebrovascular lab here in my institution, what I have been doing for the last several years is um, we, we participate in, in educational initiatives for school children. And I'm sure you're aware of uh, the Brain Awareness Week, which is, uh, which is very popular. So what we do is basically we take our TCD machines to the Brain Awareness Week. We have uh, hundreds of school students who attend uh, these activities. We set up our booth there. And uh, my fellows uh, join me um, in setting up this thing. And we have uh, hundreds of uh, uh, school children who come to our booths. We do TCD on them. As, as I mentioned, it's non-invasive, non-radioactive. Um, so it's uh, quick and easy to perform. And we engage uh, these uh, school students in, in a discussion about physics and medicine and anesthesiology and a variety of things. And we give them little printouts of their uh, cerebral blood flow velocity waveforms, and then they can have a little contest amongst themselves about who's smarter than the other. But, uh, but on a more serious note, um, it provides us an opportunity to go out in the community, make ourselves visible, and, and uh, you know, connect with the general public. And in the meanwhile, also create awareness about uh, cerebrovascular disease in general. That sounds amazing. So thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Sharma. And I think we're all very enthusiastic about the role of PCD in the future of anesthesiology. Thank you, Dr. Sharma. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Dr. Sharma. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. The pleasure is all mine, and I'm excited to, to see the interest in this technology.